Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We got a three man car. We're probably going to have a four man car. We've got a special show today. We got Dr. Dan Schneider, we got Ernie Lopez, and we're going to have Eddie Brock here, myself, Jess Romero. We're going to be talking about uh, the military and why is it that there seems to be a rise in suicide in the military, number one. We're also going to talk about there seems to be also a rise in the occult happening in the military. Why is that? Then we're going to be talking about uh, St. Michael's Shield. What is St. Michael's Shield? Maybe uh, other men would want to borrow this as a template around the country and open up their own St. Michael's Shield uh, and uh, make this thing go national. But uh, I just want to say good morning to Dan, to Ernie. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Jesse. Hey, by the way, December is the uh, is uh, the time where we reflect on the divine infancy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I uh, hope you're having a happy Holy Advent as we're making preparations for the celebrations of the birth of Christ. Uh, and remember, this is why we say that prayer this month, O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse today, because this month was the Feast of the Immaculate Conception as well. And I want to say good morning to my partner, uh, Eddie Brock. Uh, he, I see him. Now we got a four-man car. So we're going to get right to it. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm glad, for, glad you're here. I want to talk a little bit about why do you, all three of you have, have served, uh, two of you have served in the Army. We have one Marine. And all of you have served in Desert Storm in one, uh, in one capacity or another. And there seems to be a rise. First, this is the first topic I want to talk about. There seems to be a spike in suicide for those people in the military, especially amongst males under 30 that are single. So my question is, I mean, as, as people of faith and as people that have served our country honorably, and thank you very much for your service, I want to just go around the horn here and ask you why you think that there's a a tick, a spike in suicide. Dr. Dan Schneider, let me go at you first. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it has to do with the the, the, the what do people do with trauma and and the things that they they've seen. I remember when I first got off the the uh, it was an unmarked military transport, walked into Kuwait airfield. I remember like holding my head down, thinking there's going to be uh, artillery coming in at any moment, you know, not realize, oh, no, we're, we're, we're a long way away. So, um, so you're, not, you're, you're just not used to that. So I think you've got a lot. It goes back into trauma. And how do we deal with that? You know, um, soldiers, Marines, you know, people over, going, going down range, they experience traumatic events. It's what we do with those. If we don't integrate those in a Christian way, those become vulnerabilities to both psychological and the psychological um, the psychological woundedness this is something that I really fleshed out in, in the manuscript, the book that I'm writing, how psychological woundedness and psychological vul- create a vulnerability to attract the diabolic. So I'm not saying that everybody that's coming back is afflicted spiritually, but that that psychological traumatic experience can also create a vulnerability spiritually as well. Uh, Ernie, let me get your take. Why do you think there's a tick in suicides in the military? Uh, my belief is that it's a lack of uh, uh unfortunately there's a there's a lack of christianity um there there are good christians in there but i i, I do believe that there's um 
a lack of a lack of faith and um you really are in there it's 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 a really a uh a place of you know it's it's a it's a warrior ethos and um they're they're looking to to fight for their country uh and and possibly they know in the back of their head that they know that they may not come back and uh I do believe that because there's a lack of faith, that that is the the biggest hindrance uh, right now. Eddie, uh, what say you? Why do you think there's a spike in suicide in all four branches of the military, especially amongst males who are single, who are under 30? You know, Ernie ended with the term, you know, lack of faith, summarizing his comment, which, which followed Dr. Dan's really well. My term is a little harsher. I say ignorance. Even those of us who were in, like myself, we have a, a, a Christian faith and Catholic specifically, we don't know what to do with it. And for us, paychecks every two weeks, we have deployments, we have some excitement, there's some built-in benefits to the movements and the areas we've been to, but it's all fun and games until rounds start flying. <laughs> Dr. Dan referred to that. When rounds start flying and the reality of what you're doing and why you're there kicks in and you have nothing stored up. You don't know what to do with it. And then I would compliment what they said with in our in our downtime, we do a lot of things that are is not necessarily good for our souls. And so we are constantly around the stress and the danger of, of the job. And then what we call activity and relief is, is again, not, not beneficial to our soul. You put all of that together. And when those pressures start piling up, a young man or a young woman has nowhere to go. And we look for the exit typically the, the barrel of a gun or, or some other sort of uh, event like that. Yeah, I'm looking at the article here. It says military suicides up 16% in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and and here's my take. Uh, my take is that when you look at some of the people in times past, and you can even read a lot of the writings on, on, on the Internet and on books, people that served in World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, Vietnam War, I would say that that generation, they had more faith. They were men and women that served in the armed forces that had at least a foundation of some type of faith. It's it's my experience from my son and from others, nephews and nieces and people in the family that are serving right now, that most of the people that are going in in the last you know, 10, 20 years are people that are more secular are people that are not grounded in Christianity. They're falling away Catholics, falling away Protestants. And as a result of that, when the fit hits the Shen, uh, they don't have a foundation built on the rock. Their foundation is built on quicksand. And so the way you take care of that situation oftentimes is at the end of the barrel of your gun. Uh, does anybody agree with me, Dan? Or do you see, Do you think... Yeah, abso- absolutely, even in our, in, in our time... Um, and just in the last 20 years, 30 years uh, since we've served, um, I think Ernie was was there. Not, was as the as one has the most dust still on him. I think he went back in the 2000s. But um, I, I I see if you don't know what to do with trauma, if you don't know what to do with the, the how to process this, and if you don't have a healthy Christian formation foundation to do this, you're vulnerable. Ernie and I have been exchanging some emails this week um, on on space and curses and how. And how paganism uses curses uh, um, uh, to unknowing people and can create clinging spirits. So if you're over there, um, again, as, as uh, you know, as Ernie said as well, the the, the warrior mentality is is you got to have that. 
you know, this is what we do. But at the same time, if you don't know how to deal with the, the memories, the emotions that arise, how to deal with that, the loss of your, of your brothers who, who, who were killed, how do you deal with that in a Christian way? Um, you can be led down psychological and spiritual rabbit holes. And, and, and oftentimes you can even get um, clinging spirits, spirits of death um, that can cling to you and you can bring this garbage home with you. Uh, I know Father Ripperger has has said um, he's had se several cases. This was after the initial invasion in Iraq in the 2000s. He had, he had he had several cases enough to where he caught the pattern where soldiers were coming back and being referred to him um, that were having unspecific, unspecified psych you know, spiritual, uh, really just Klingons, uh, uh, clinging spirits, and just praying chapter three, which is um, the, the, the part of the rite of exorcism, chapter three, is it, it's a prayer against the fallen angels. Hopefully the 13th prayer against fallen angels uh, cleans it up. So he noticed a pattern that soldiers were coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan with carrying some kind of curses with them. So being clean, staying in a state of grace, when you come back, going to confession when you're over there, when you're downrange, going to confession. Um, when you come back, go to confession, praying prayers against retaliation. Guys in law enforcement need to be doing the same thing. If you don't think they're not cursing, the guys that are out there kicking doors in and, and, and taking down bad guys in drug cartels, the guys that are working against abortion and, and out there on the street corner protesting against abortion clinics, if you don't think that the occult people, the Satanists are, are cursing you, you're naive. This is spiritual combat, and we have to start protecting ourselves, and our best protection is going to be through the sacraments, living in a state of grace, providing no opportunity for the enemy to try to get in our wire. Ernie, comments? Ernie. Uh, I truly believe that. With everything that Dr. Dan said, I, can, I can't even say anything. I was like, wow. You know, you hit the nail right on the head, sir. Um, it, it is, uh, it's crazy the places that we go into. Uh, I mean, literally when we were in Iraq, we went into actually like Babylon uh, proper. We were uh, in areas where the Roman legions had stood before. Um, so uh, talk about these places that were, uh, that could be cursed or, or something that was there. We have no idea. I remember even being in a, uh, uh, a, an area where uh, there was a mass grave. And everybody kept seeing shadows all over the place until they dug it up and they found that there was you know, bodies of women and children in there. Wow. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie comments. You know, um, I was, I would start with the piece where uh, exposure, we, we go into a lot of places and I, I have a sense we're going to transition to locally with the law enforcement group as well later in conversation, but we are in so many places. I have no clue what protocol and these things, I didn't know this existed. In fact, it didn't exist before Father Ripperger put it together, as I understand it. But what I do know is I was given a faith, and the faith served a purpose. But in my own ignorance, in my in my own choice to indulge in certain things, you didn't you didn't you weren't thinking in those terms. When we came back, you were looking for the next run or the next batch of fun. I would also say you started the, uh, this this thread by talking about generations before, like World War One and Two, and maybe Korea following have more faith. I remember, Jesse, I have a rosary is, a, is of the type that was issued in sea rations. That was your meal. At some point, you got issued a rosary if you chose to. And when I got out the Marine Corps, I was in the Sheriff's Department a little less than a year later. About three, four years in, I got rid of everything I had from the military, except Eddie, for Foot Locker. Put that on hold. Put that on hold. I hear the music. We'll be right back with these uh, three three great Catholic men. Jesus 911 talking about uh, the military suicide and uh, the occult. We'll be right back. Now. 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. I would face off against Satan and all the forces of darkness any day of the year with these three men by my side. Dan Schneider, Ernie Lopez, Eddie Brock, we're talking about the military. They've served in Desert Storm. They've served our country honorably. Uh, and we're talking about here, why is it that the suicide rates are so high uh, in the military? Specifically, the article says in the Army and the Marine Corps, and Eddie, uh, Eddie, and I had made a comment that I believed that veterans in times past, in previous wars, had more of a faith component. I think in the last, I don't know, 20, 30, maybe 40 years, the people going into the into the services are more secular. And so that's my that that's the way I, I see the world. That's my read of things. Eddie Brock, you were commenting. Yeah, I just wanted to finish the comment um, along with rosaries were issued in the past and um, faith was not, you weren't, you weren't castigated to the side or even ridiculed in some way um, because of your faith. And I would suggest there's a lot of white martyrs in the ranks of the men and women there because, you know, faith is frowned upon. There was a point uh, earlier in this year or at the end of last year where the uh, chaplaincy was being phased out of the service. And I something I couldn't imagine. One of the things that I saved out of my entire time, I have a few things, um, but I, I got rid of a, quite a bit of stuff because we have totems and we have these masks and have these poles from Africa. And they were nice wood carvings, but they actually have meaning to them. And I want nothing to do with that meaning. I'd rather have sacramentals and trinkets from my own faith. Um, I saved my dog tags because that was issued to me um, coming out of boot or in boot camp. It has my name, my social, and it says Roman Catholic. I have my dog tag. So uh, everything else, I just give me a job and a direction to go and I'll take it. Everything else I leave, I leave alone. Here's my, let me uh, throw something at all four of you. I, I think that because a lot of the young people that have, it, it, that uh, joined the military in the last, I'd say 40 years, they have more of a, not a Christian worldview, they have more of a Darwinian worldview, which is when you die, we, we, we just vanish and, and, and we uh, just, you know, we vanish into nothingness. There's no memory, no imagination, no rec- nothing. And so I think a lot of these young men that are in high stress positions, probably in the midst of war, again, they don't have a, a, a view of the afterlife of the promise of heaven, the hope of Jesus Christ, the promise of eternal life, when the going gets tough, they figure, hmm, well, I guess there is no God. And you know what? I can end the pain real quick in two seconds, and uh, and I'll never have this pain again. Am I on to something? Is, this, is the Darwinian ethic... Go ahead, think, uh, part of that is, yeah, I think I don't think the average the average trooper or, or Marine, you know, is thinking in those those terms. They have to make friends and make peace with death. And the, 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 the only way we make peace with death is is by li- uniting ourselves sacramentally and, and in faith with the one who conquered death, Jesus Christ. Oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? But soldiers and troops and Marines, they, they, t- they tend to. They, they, if you don't have a Christian foundation, you don't make peace with the Lord um, and make peace with your own mortality. You tend to you tend to mock death. You know, I remember troops picking up unexploded uh, IEDs and unexploded uh, uh, ordinances and playing playing um, chicken with them, you know, and, and, and other things and tossing them around and, and, and getting killed and maimed because of it. So um, 
when you come back, if you haven't dealt with that, you start to, to face the reality of it. And there's a, there's a real psychological component as well. You know, when, you, when you've got good men that have died, the good friends that have been killed. I've got several friends that were killed in crashes, um, both here and over there. And, and it's, it's, it's like, well, why, Lord? Why, Lord, did, did I stay? Uh, and why did you take them and not me when I was in, not in a good place? There must be a reason for that. And so unless you realize that God has a purpose for you and God has kept you here. I just was down down at the local city at one of the offices doing some administrative paperwork. And a guy was sitting across from me. And, and of all places, he was from Michigan. I was I was want to mention the fact that I'm from Ohio. and But I had to let him know it just comes out. I said, hey, what's going on, man? You're from Michigan. What are you doing down here, et cetera? And it turns out he was also a cab, a cab scout. Uh, he was a ground guy, a Bradley guy. And, uh, you know, he said he was on a Chinook. He was supposed to get a Chinook ride out and it was like 2004 out of Iraq, out of Baghdad. And for whatever reason, administratively, it didn't work out. He got bumped off that flight. All three of those Chinooks were shut down that day. And um, we don't know what God has planned for us. But unless you accept that the Lord is there, even in those dark moments of combat, that and if, we, if we don't accept that uh, and then somehow repurpose that for, towards our family, towards the good, towards the church, towards the salvation of souls, it, it can become something that's poisonous and eats you up on the inside. That zeal, that, that, that zeal that, that drew, drew us into, into that warrior ethos um, now needs to be redirected in the spiritual realm. Yeah. Uh, Ernie, uh, comments. My comment is this again, a lot of the young people going into the military have a public school Marxist Darwinian education. They don't have a Christian worldview. They don't understand death, judgment, heaven, hell. This is for keeps. This is the end game. Uh, and so as a result of that, I think a lot of them actually do think that suicide is, is, a, is a, uh, a, a way of escape. Ernie, what say you? Well, I would say that you, like during combat op operations, we lost about what seven thousand fifty-seven, something like that. Uh, actual since uh, since the war, uh, there's about thirty thousand suicides though. That's like four times the amount uh, that are suiciding out. Um, it, it is more; it's epidemic when you have that many people suiciding out. Um, I, I would go with what uh, Dr. Dan is saying that there is a, a spiritual component that's that's involved in this. Uh, I am no expert other than I've been on the ground and, uh, and gotten beaten with a stick over there a couple of times. Uh, but uh, it's, 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 uh, it, it's horrible. And um, I mean, look at, look, you're saying Marxist and stuff, but also let's look at the vices. Also the, the pornography is rampant in the military um, going to strip bars, drinking, uh, carousing, all the bad things they're, they're, they're there. And this is what's idolized as a youth. I mean, even the even the females get involved and and other bad things that are going on there. It's just it, it's crazy. Eddie Brock comments. You know, uh, for those who do come into the ranks, they don't rely on their faith if they ever did at some point in their lives, because the pressure, you know, you know, when you first joined the jail or the academy, those guys, those are your those are your paisan. You ride and die with those guys. So the pressure for a young man or a young woman to conform is great. So for me to come and be Mr. Catholic in the middle of tank platoon, we were the seagoing platoon and we rotated around the world. We were patrolling the world, looking to land, waiting for the mission to go to combat. And you're not going to talk about something that detracts in our own mind from the warrior ethos that Dr. Dan and Ernie referred to earlier. 
So the pressure to conform dominates and then we reject God. And then when we start doing a bunch of other things all in the name of having a good time, <laughs> well, as you know, it's not gonna end well because no one thinks of the last four things when we probably should think about that every second of every day. Let's switch gears and let's talk about the fact that in the military, there seems to be amongst uh, many uh, many of the Anglo soldiers and Marines, they seem to be resorting back to some type of pagan faith from Europe, uh, the Norse, uh, the the Vikings, the Vandals, the Visigoths. Uh, I'm looking I'm looking at several articles here. What it says: Sergeant First Class Benjamin Hopper, a 34 year old Alabama native, native and member of Nevada Army's Guards. 306, uh, 3,665th Ordnance Company was granted the waiver to grow a beard following a lengthy review process that concluded with the Army's acknowledgement of his sincerity as a heathen. So the soldier that served in Afghanistan with the Nevada Army uh, Guard, he's been granted this religious accommodation to grow a beard in accordance with a Norse pagan faith that goes all the way back to Scandinavia. And so he received a religious exemption and they seem to be doing this uh, from one person claiming that they come from these uh, these uh, Viking Norse pagan religions. And uh, it, it seems to have been opened up a Pandora's box. The article actually says that a lot of these uh, a lot of these young military personnel, they actually gather together. You know, they have like a kind of a paraliturgy. They have, you know, their, their prayers or incantations, whatever they do. They have their readings. So my question to Dr. Dan, Dan. Why do you think there is this reversion back to this Norse paganism within the military? Is this, this seems to be something fairly new. I think more people in prior wars were either Catholics or Protestants or Jews. Uh, I don't think, I don't think many people had on their dog tags, Norse religion. My God is Loki. Even. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, uh, have a, a priest that was very influential in my life uh, passed away, Father Sebastian Cunningham. He was a, a Franciscan from Kentucky, hillbilly from Kentucky, fantastic uh, Catholic priest and, and, and theologian. Um, he was on Iwo Jima, and he tells the story of, of um, they were being on a transport ship uh, on the way to Iwo Jima. They were just, uh, you know, hours out. The Catholic priest stands on the deck. Now, this is, I remember suffering through the times of, of general confession, that was a, that became chic in in the in you know um, in many circles of the Catholic Church. Well, this was the only this was a time where where general confession was needed, and there was probably a thousand soldiers getting ready to go into combat on in, in, in Iwo Jima, uh, the Japanese islands. And he um, he looks over, and the guy next to him, the Jewish guy, and he says to him, "What are you doing?" And the, the priest is doing general absolution for all these guys, uh, most of whom didn't make it. And he says, look, I'm just covering all my bases, you know. Uh, and so but this really shows how how, how religious um, our military uh, was found, as it reflects our own country. And I read I read something similar, an article in, uh, about the Swedish army. They're 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 all it's, it's, it's become popular among them. As I've said many times, as we become post-Christian um, there, uh, Aristotle says that nature abhors a void. And so the void of post-Christian world, this seemingly a religious world of, of nuns, N-O-N-E-S, no religion, is now being filled with uh, a neo-paganism, 
we're falling back into pre-Christian pagan. We see this in among Hispanics. We see us among Anglo's. We see it among how many how many African Americans that that you see go to jail that came from somewhat of a Christian background that come out uh, Muslim. How many how many how many Hispanic Catholics come out of out of prison? Um, embracing some sort of Aztec or neo neo uh, you know pre-Christian Mexican idea ideology so we, we we're starting to see this now in the Anglo culture I believe Ernie comments about paganism in the military did you see some of it when you were there uh, why is it happening what's your take well um, yes the way I see it is that it, it crept in I mean I remember when we first went over there a lot of guys were talking uh, they, we, they'd have these like little uh, crusader like badges on or something that was really uh, like that was uh, about like the crusades or like the Knights Templar or something like that. Or they would they would uh, uh, do the prayer for like the, uh, the boondock saints or something like that. So it was all in this Christian kind of thought process. But little by little, you started getting a lot more uh, uh, things about Vikings um, going uh, going to Valhalla. Uh, wanting to have this this awesome warrior death, you know, they wanted they wanted to have this thought process like that, and it was it was like little by little it started creeping in like a Ernie. Hold that thought, hold that thought, Ernie. I hear the music. We'll be right back. Four man car, uh, three three stellar Catholic man. I would take. I would go into battle with any day. We'll be right back. Jesus nine one one. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Without hope in the future, there is no power in the present. Who is our hope? Jesus Christ and His promises. Only the promises of Jesus Christ give us the virtue of hope and without that, this is what sets people into uh, just a cycle of depression, anxiety, despondency, despair. Talking to three men that have served this country, uh, Desert Storm and Ernie, we were, you were talking about, once again, uh, in, in, in your analysis, your assessment, your experience, why is it that these young men commit suicide in the military? Continue, Ernie, with your thoughts. Uh, I, we were talking about like the... Uh the the pagan influence of especially with the vikings and uh it seems like there's a uh big like a lot of the guys they really have this because uh, they 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 believe that they they want to have a the warrior ethos and they see it in the it, from the uh what do you want to call it the uh, legendary exploits of the vikings you know they don't really hear the uh the the horrible side of of being a pagan they only hear the the, the glitz and glamour of what they show on TV, you know, the Vikings, oh, we go and, uh, you know, to Valhalla, we're going to be this, whatever. This is what they see. So they, little by little, they started saying that. And then I saw the guys getting tattoos of these, all these pagan Viking tattoos all over them. And little by little, they started saying stuff uh, that Vikings would say. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, now you have guys are saying, I'm a heathen. Uh, I am no longer a Catholic. I'm no longer a Christian. I am a heathen. And now they're becoming, you know, um, so so-called uh, pagans. So you you started seeing this as you're transitioning out. You mm -hmm. saw this yourself. Yep. Eddie, Eddie, what say you? Did you see some of this? Yes, I did. And you know, Ernie, at the time, I'm sorry, uh, Jesse. At the time I saw it, I didn't know what I was seeing. Again, I was looking for my next thrill, looking for the next mission. 
But when I saw the similar patterns, the tattoos, the music, the excessively heavy drinking, and I'm speaking to the hard metal, hard rock music, because it happened in all the groups. But when I saw those behaviors, when I came into the um, law enforcement realm publicly, um, or I should say locally, I saw the same pattern. It was always a group of, uh, of four or five white guys that hung out together and they were exclusive. They stayed only in their own group. They didn't have Filipinos or Mexicans or blacks. They were always to themselves and they had a pattern and two or three of them would have a tattoo. And once it was discovered, then it was no big deal. You, you, the Psalms tell us that all the gods of the Gentiles are demons, Demon. but we are absolutely not thinking in those terms, as I referred to earlier. We just want to indulge ourselves because we think that's what it is to be a man, to be a Marine or a soldier, or to be a cop locally, not realizing that we start playing innocently and ignorantly, and we we commit ourselves to something that's uh, uh, sadly harmful to us, and we have no way out. We only go deeper looking for ways to anesthetize ourselves because we don't know how to get out of it. Dan, do you, yeah, Dan, do you believe that? Do you believe that this return to paganism with many young men in the military and suicide is there? Is this? Uh, I mean, does this come from the same uh, root? Uh, well, I would think so. I, I would think so. Again, as you displace Christianity, um, this void is being filled in. What you know? What does the very word Catholic mean? Catholicos. It means universal. Our commonality is our faith in Jesus Christ, the model. You know, he he is our Lord, our Savior. He is the model for 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 spiritual warfare. He's the model for virtue. I mean, the very word virtus, when 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 you know a, a Roman general would would call his troops and and give him his final speech, when Caesar would give his speech before a battle, he would say, "Men, be virtus, right? Manly courage in battle. That's the root of the word virtus. The word vir is for the word for you know we see for man. So." As we Christianize virtue, I mean, as we Christianize, uh, you know, uh, uh, society and culture, we virtue now takes on a whole new realm in the light of Christ. What what Christ redeems, what Christ assumes He redeems, and so He's redeemed all aspects of humanity. And to be Christian is to be virtuous, to grow in virtue. This doesn't mean you that that we cannot serve in the military. We all served and, and would probably, I, I speaking for the men in this group, I think we would all go do it again if we had to. Um, but we have to, but, but understanding that virtue is what it means to be, to, to, to be Christian, to be human, to be fully man or fully human. This is St. Irenaeus from the second century. The vision of God is man fully alive, right? Man fully alive in virtue and holiness. And so when we lose that, we reduce virtue to some either civic or, 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 or worse into some pagan, uh, understanding, uh, of this, and I think this is kind of where we slipped into. Look, also not just in paganism, but also a re- there is a resurgence of Freemasonry in the military as well. Again, as we lose our Catholicity, what our common our common union is is Christ in the Church. I, I had I celebrated Mass, you know, had Mass. Actually, I would fly our 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 chaplain to different to different ground troops, and I would serve Mass for him in multiple different places every Sunday. And, you know, this is what united us together, our, our common Catholic faith. And, 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 uh, and this is what used to unite our military. And we have to get back to that. And Freemasonry now and its false humanism is trying to unite um, and it's appealing to young men as we've shaken off Christianity. Freemasonry now rises back up. This resurgence in this generation is kind of surprising. But again, again, it's not. But walk into any PX or BX and you'll see Freemasonry. Uh, um, uh, items and, and wear, you know, hats and t-shirts and that for sale. 
Ernie, uh, question, same question. Is Does paganism and suicide in the military, does it come from the same root, uh, the abandonment of Christianity? I, I, I believe so. I mean, I, I uh, again, in watching when you have no faith anymore or you believe in something else and you think it's, it's it, you can check yourself out because in your in, in that that philosophy or whatever you want to call it that religious practice you know uh, to die gloriously or whatever they think they're 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 doing it, or even check themselves out with, with a bullet um I, I think it, it's 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 from the, the paganism that's that that's actually starting to work with, within them and uh, they're starting to believe the words that they're reading from you know these these old these old cults or whatever you want to want to call them um uh, so i think it's I, I think it's pretty interesting that even in uh uh even in uh in england they have these, there's a police officers association over there that's totally pagan now that's another thing too so that's uh that's in that's in in the uk that's uh something to look at also yeah, it's it's funny you say that, Ernie. And when I was in the sheriff's department, there was one one of the sheriff's stations. I think it was Linwood or Lennox. I forget. Uh, to work at that patrol station, you know, that was a hot part of the city. A lot of crime. So I mean, it's it just you know, the the radio was always popping and stuff. There's always shootings and just a violent place. A lot of drugs. Everybody put a Viking tattoo on their ankle. I remember it. It's, and so and the L.A. Times exposed it. <laughs> Everybody in that station put a Viking. And so I'm, I was still in the department. I'm saying, that's weird. If I weren't that station, I'm not getting a Viking tattoo on my ankle. What the heck? Is but again, it, it, that mentality crept into law enforcement as well. Eddie, comment, uh, I want you to comment. Is this uh, the suicide and this uh, return to paganism within the military? Again, is this the abandonment of, is this the consequences of the abandonment of Christianity? Absolutely it is. Um, based on what I know, my lay opinion is this. The military, very much like the police departments, prime pickings for young men and women who, who obviously join a large organization and you want to fit in. So that drive to fit in and be accepted is very much uh, a fertile ground for uh, accepting other beliefs once you make it through the door. For myself, you know, in the Marine Corps, being of the, the, the one of the prouder organizations here, we even call ourselves devil dogs after what the silly Germans called us, they said, hey, those guys fought like the hounds of hell. So that term, Teufel Hoon, became a uh, devil dog. So and it's a term of endearment, a term of affection that we call each other. And these guys will call each other army dogs. I just want to be a Dominican dog or just a little <laughs> lap dog somewhere. I don't even want I love my Marine Corps. I don't want to be called devil dog anymore because in my mind, I'm buying into something slowly eroding at my own defenses. And um, once you start accepting those things, then they start getting deeper footholds in your life. It seems to me uh, I, I got enough. I got enough Velcro, i.e. sin to have anything attached to me. So uh, <laughs> I, I told my friends over the years, they call me devil dog. I call them Marine and we'll call them leatherneck, shock troop. We, we, we got all kinds of terms. I just I seriously reject devil dog because I think it opens me or this the start of an opening to uh to uh accepting all of the other things that come along with it dan comment yeah um uh, i just what came to mind is second maccabees 13 um this is this is one of the foundations of our understanding of prayers for the dead and so they after the battle um 
after this battle, Judas Maccabeus went through and under the tunic, it says, this is 2 Maccabees 13, of each of the dead, they found amulets sacred to the idols of Jamnia, which the law forbids the Jews to wear. So it was clear to all that this is why these men had been slain. They therefore praised the way the Lord, the just judge who brings to light the things that are hidden. Um, turning to supplication, they prayed for that sinful deed might be blotted out. The noble, the noble Judas warned the soldiers to keep themselves free from sin, for they had been seen with their own eyes what had happened because the sin of those who had fallen. They took up a collection, etc. So, so we see this this tendency for 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 soldiers and cops and others going into battle to to want to reach into something something other for protection. But if we don't ground our Christian faith in the church and our faith in Jesus Christ and make peace with eternity and eternal life with him we're going to search and reach for superstitious things like pagan viking tattoos aztec god tattoos uh, um, amulets um these these other things because it, it's it's our na our natural instinct as you remember from your theological studies or philosophical studies man is homo religiosus by nature we're religious and and as augustine said god, we, god created us for him he said my heart is restless but it rests only in thee so we, so our natural inclination, particularly when we're facing death, is to, is to seek something other, to seek, to seek protection and perseverance from from, some, from something other. And if we're not careful, the, the demon's going to lure us into something pagan instead of embracing the rosary, embracing the cross of Jesus Christ, and, and you know, and with faith and courage, do the duty that God has called us to. I hear the music, four man car. We're talking about uh, suicide, uh, paganism in the military. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll move on to another topic. I want to talk about St. Michael's Shield. What is St. Michael's Shield? Southern California will be uh, up next. We'll hear more about St. Michael's Shield. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888. 526-2151. Lord, come to our assistance. Lord, make haste to help us. Psalm 69, verse 2. Talking to three three uh, incredible Catholic men uh, who uh, I, would, I would face off against Satan's mightiest forces anytime in a dark alley. I want to ask the question, uh, Dan, you and me have talked about St. Joseph's, uh, I mean, St. Michael's Shield, we are impressed with these guys in Southern California. They're a tight-knit group. Uh, we like their spirituality. Uh, in, in fact, Dan, uh, you, you've, you've, you've made some, you've made some, uh, you've given them some major compliments when you and me have talked on our own. What say you about yeah, St. Michael Shield? Yeah, these guys are, when you had introduced me to them a few years back, you were, Dan, you got to meet these guys. They're a lot of military, military guys, law enforcement guys, and they're just, they're just battling Doing spiritual warfare and prayer and and, and fellowship, um, they, they, so uh, yeah 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 I need to beat them Jess and and I met these guys they're awesome um, and I look forward to seeing seeing you guys again in January um, for the spiritual warfare conference in Fire Ripperger. Um yeah they're doing they're doing what they're doing is organizing together and they can explain it better than I can because they're the ones doing it but they're 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 men coming together 
and, and prayer and they're learning how to pray for themselves for the church rather than sitting around and complaining about things and flipping through their remote control and complaining about things on the news or what everything's wrong with the tv you know and everything in society these guys are rolling up their sleeves and doing something about it and they're and they're and they're learning how to wield all that masculine energy towards the good towards the church towards their families and it's 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 a model for what other men's groups should be doing in this country Ernie, tell us a little bit about St. Michael's Shield. How, how was this born? Uh, uh, St. Michael's Shield was, was started on a dare. Uh, I was asked to uh, start a prayer group. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, kind of fumbled through it. Uh, everybody was giving me prayers. Kind of put stuff, uh, started putting stuff through. None of it worked. Uh, we got a spiritual director for a while. His uh, name was Father Paulo. And he um, basically cleaned up everything we were doing uh, and gave us a love for our mother, gave us uh, the liturgy of the hours. And we started with English and now we're doing it in Latin daily. Um, so this is something that we do. We pray twice a day, six in the morning, six at night. Um, our job is to uh, teach men uh, that they're not alone, that it's, uh, it's okay to, to be a man and fight to fight the way of a Catholic, we're asked, how the way we're asked to fight. And it's through prayer, through sacrifice. And uh, all of us uh, have been in it, some kind of uh, paramilitary organization. Uh, so you guys understand, if I told you guys out in the field, it was, it's too hard. You guys would have beat me up. <laughs> all right. But if it's, a, it's the same thing when it comes to our religion. Uh, we like it hard in St. Michael Shield Prayer Group. We like the hard prayers and the camaraderie and the actual uh, hard. It's, it's almost like um, it, it's total sacrifice for our Lord in the fact is that I got to get up at 430 in the morning because I know I got to start prayers for the dead early. And then after that, I start with the guys and we start praying. And so every morning I'm up super early, even when I don't want to, I'm there. Uh, my hair is all messed up. I'm all, I'm trying to get this stuff together, drinking coffee, getting going. And I'm, I'm praying, praying through it. And uh, it's getting these guys to understand that to be a better man, to be a better brother, a better husband, a better father, a better father figure, and to bring Christ's light into this dark world through prayer and through sacrifice and uh, any of the guys there, like Eddie and some of the other guys, it's I make it hard. I don't make it easy. I try to make it as hard as possible. Uh, I don't pull punches from these guys, and I also hold myself accountable. And I mean, I mean, it's from confession to uh, uh, you name it. We don't, we don't, and none of us pull pr uh, punches on each other. It's 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 pretty um, it's pretty much in your face. It's it's full contact Catholicism. <laughs> it's not shadow boxing. Yes, sir. Eddie, tell us a little bit about your association with the St. Michael's Shield and how has this uh, how has this formed your faith or your interior life? You know, I think I'm just a gullible guy, uh, um, just because Terry Barber tricked me into this two years ago. <laughs> you know, and uh, like Dr. Dan tricked me this morning, and um, <laughs> you tell me something to go, and I pretty much go. But when I, when Terry called me up since he was during the pandemic, churches are closed. He says, "Hey." I'll get you to the front of the line so you can get back to your family. I drove up to Covina just to get confession because wasn't getting it in San Diego. 
And I met Ernie and those guys. I went in and I prayed for the last 30 minutes with them. A young Marine slash uh, LAPD recruit showed me a way around the book. And then I was with the group when we advanced from um, what it was all the way to now speaking Latin and doing the prayers in Latin. I was already doing Father Riverger's uh, Auxilium Christi Anordum, but now I had a group of guys to do it with. And I had a group of guys to take my, my red pill life of Catholicism to the next level. And when I met Ernie and his level of intensity, I was like, this is this doesn't make sense. I went through a myriad of fears and feelings. And ultimately I come back to, you know, God's providence doesn't have to be understood. You just have to do it in faith. And I walked this path, it's been uh, two years. And watching how the recruiting, the recruiting process kind of goes, it, it does itself. When you guys mention us, we'll get a call or two or three or four, and these guys are all over. We got members, and most of them are in LA. We got guys in Texas, I think Virginia, and our one of our superstars is up in Oregon. We, we have a deck that we go through on Zoom. It will rival any product of a social media company that puts out professional product. And that's how we pray the prayers. And we, we you know, we pray the, the rosary, the uh, divine office in the morning. Ernie has added, um, one of the things I really, really like from the group, our, our emphasis on using the sacraments, our, our sacramentals, all the guys have their favorite things, but our, our, our focus on confession and staying ready as we go into this battle, we increased our devotion to confession last year which logically follows the devotion to the other sacraments, Holy Eucharist, going to Mass. We have guys that come in, they pray for the portion, they can do it. Most guys will type in the box, hey, see you later, I'm going to Mass. Pray for me, I'm going to Mass. I'm going to Mass tonight. Um, it's a lot of things. You see a lot of men from a lot of walks of life doing a lot of Catholic things. Very fulfilling. And you almost run out of words to, to, to express what you get out of it. Dan, can you, t can, for every, anybody listening right now, especially there's a lot of guys listening, I want you to explain, because some people will say, man, this is, man, this is hard. I, I, it just, I find it boring, and I, I lose my focus, and, and I just start daydreaming. Dan, talk about the fact that we as Catholic men are called to use smash-mouth Catholicism. What is smash-mouth Catholicism? Does that mean we're supposed to feel good, have a liver quiver? Does that mean we're supposed to have spiritual yeah. consolation? What is what is smash-mouth Catholicism? Because these guys practice smash-mouth What is it? What is I mean, it? This is just big on big. These guys are doing big on big smash-mouth Catholicism. Smash-mouth Catholicism is understanding a very important principle. Is that, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, um, three things happen when you throw the football and two of them are bad. We can learn from from the, from, from the sport of football and other and others athletic competitions. Just grind it out. And, and, and nowhere in the tradition of the church are your feelings have anything to do how you feel your emotions have any indication of your relationship with God. Another principle that, that strikes very clearly, these guys explain what they're doing, is something we know in spiritual warfare with working with cases of, of heavy affliction, that the demon responds to the imposition of order as much as he does to the prayers themselves. So it's not like you got to come with this special secret prayer. Impose order on your life. A good soldier, a good Marine has order. You know, Eddie, there's clean, and then there's what? There's Marine, Marine clean, right? So. <laughs> So, so we're talking about going deep with Marine Clean, getting a toothbrush out, doing it right, and it has nothing to do with how you feel about it. It's praying when you don't feel like praying, because the demon knows that all he's got to do is give you a little sniffle, 
right? All you got to do is give you a little sniffle or make you make your back hurt a little bit and you won't go to the prayer session and, and you won't, you know, you won't go to mass or you won't go to confession. You're going to have a sniffle the rest of your life. He's going to throw these obstacles. You got to push through, fight through the, 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 the boredom of it, seemingly boredom of it, fight through the monotony of prayer and work through that. On the other side of that is spiritual excellence. On the other side of that, is much more liberation, but you got to do the groundwork first. And, 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 and again, Eddie had said it very clearly, not only the discipline, but the sacraments and the sacramentals, a prayer, sacrifice, suffering. This is smash mouth Catholicism. This is what it looks like in actuality, sacrificing yourself, giving up of yourself, surrendering yourself for the sake of your family, praying for the church, uh, uh, and, and not at all worrying about, you know, butterfly kisses from God and spiritual consolation. <laughs> you know uh, Ernie, comments. It goes, man. Take it when you get it. Great. You know, it's it's true. Learn everything you said. In the dark Learn to live with MREs and sea rats. Learn to live sleeping on the cot or on the ground. Learn to live like that as a soldier, as a marine in a spiritual realm, and and you know, and and you'll be able to endure the, the spiritual combat when when the battles hit you. Yeah, we went uh, from uh, we went yeah. from uh, like um, like peacetime tr- uh, warfare training before we were just we were just meeting on Saturdays at one point. And uh, the guys, as soon as this COVID-19 broke out, uh, we decided and everything closed down. The churches closed down, everything closed down. And we were we decided, well, we're, we're going to go online. We're going to do this daily. We're going to up, up our game now. We're going to go daily. So then we started going to just six o'clock in the mornings. Then we went to six and six and started taking it up with all our prayers and our prayer intentions. And we started pushing it harder. So and then from that, I, it started becoming like from uh, from peacetime warfare, where, where you were worried about the troops and the troops getting their training. Now we're going to mission orientation now. And now we're, we're training for mission orientation and putting uh, fire on target and going after that, uh, going after the objective. And these guys are incredible. We have some really, really good guys. We have some guys that are like truckers mean guys ex-cholos we have guys that are up in chicago that are uh ernie how do how do people sign up people are texting uh, me how do i sign up people are yeah (laughs) well people um, sign up to be part of this st michael shield uh well we have uh, a couple things here we have one that we we meet at um on zoom so the thing is is that we're in california so everything's on california time uh we have uh a you can you can email me at uh elo at 855 at yahoo and i'll send you a link if uh i'll ask you a couple questions and that's how i get you guys in usually Uh, okay ernie uh well me and dan will vouch for you any time of the year so i'll make sure i put that email out through virgin most powerful thanks a lot man we'll have to do this again Jesus 911, that's a wrap. EOW, end of watch. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands on apologetics from the Midwest Command Center. We are out.